mindfulness mode. Be willing to jump into situations that sometimes aren't that comfortable. Hey, Mindful Tribe, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you with us. As always, I'm sitting here today on Sunday afternoon, just really relaxing and enjoying the day. And I've been thinking about the topic of this episode for a few days now. And the topic, as you may know, or maybe you don't, if if this just came on to your device, is anxiety. And I called it Erase Your Anxiety. Well, the thing is, I'm sure everyone experiences anxiety at one time or another, and I'm certain that I do. Most of us would love to be able to erase it as soon as it appears. But although we don't often think of this, some anxiety is actually positive because it can motivate us to make necessary changes in our life. It can help us push through our fears. So some anxiety is good good that we have it once in a while. Everybody knows though that too much anxiety can cause health issues and irritability and tension and you know all kinds of problems if it gets to be too extreme. I mean sometimes extended periods of anxiety can even result in death. We all know that. I mean heart issues, stroke are some of the most common culprits but Let's just think about, you know, your average kind of anxiety. Some people notice it daily and it just gets in the way and it starts to bring them down after a while. And I've been there. I certainly have. I've experienced anxiety that is ongoing at certain parts of my life. And I think the title of this episode, Erase Your Anxiety, might suggest to you that you should know how to remove this anxiety from your life. Just just erase it. I don't want to make it sound like it's overly simple. It can be for some people, but if you're like me, you'll realize that sometimes you just notice the anxiety, you realize that it's there for a reason, and you just kind of take a deep breath and show gratitude for it. You thank it. Without you, anxiety... And I'm thinking of you as a a character. Without you, anxiety, I wouldn't be pushing through to this next challenge in my life. So thank you. So some of it can just be noticing it, accepting it, moving on. I think as far as erasing it is concerned, there are many times when we can erase it. Maybe you can learn to erase it anytime you want to. But just because you know and understand how to erase anxiety, that doesn't mean you're always going to do it. You'll just feel confident and assured because you'll know that you can erase that anxiety if you want to. And mindfulness can help us with this in a number of ways. So I'm going to quickly tell you what the ways are and then tell you a few things and you know, move on and then and then go back and detail those ways a little bit more. Number one, notice and identify that anxiety. Number two, consider what to change. What can you change in your life to make a difference? Number three, take action. And number four, reevaluate. And that's a very important step too. I remember when I was in fifth grade or grade five as as I refer to it here in Canada, my teacher, his name was Mr. Captain. I really liked him. He was a great teacher. And one day he asked me to step out into the hall 
and he started talking to me and I wondered, what does he want? Why does he want to talk to me? He told me that he thought something was wrong. He thought that I was capable of doing better work. He thought that I was capable of getting better grades. He felt I could have been interacting better with the other students. And he asked me if something was going on at home. I remember being surprised and having no idea what to say to him. I, I was just completely at a loss. He was convinced, based on the Bruce that he had seen in the classroom and how I had changed from the beginning of the year, he was convinced that I was experiencing anxiety. And he thought it had something to do with my home life. And I thought he was, like I said, a really great teacher. I thought he was being kind. But I was so thrown off because I did not have an answer to give him. I didn't know what to say. Maybe if I had told him about the, the violent temper that I saw in my dad whenever, you know, some random moment came along and he would explode. And then, well, then maybe my teacher would have understood why I had that anxiety. Maybe if I had told him that my mom had, you know, that she just spent so many days crying and sobbing for long periods of, just long periods of sorrow. And I would talk to her about this and she would she would talk a little bit and I just I think I was such an empath and I was a kid and I just took on a lot of that I took it on and I think then my teacher would have understood then if I had explained that to him but I didn't think to say all that and I wasn't a person that was about to share some of those kinds of things anyway I went back into the classroom after he assured me that that he'd be all ears if I ever wanted to share any thoughts or any problems I was having in the future. But the bottom line was I was I was confused. And I thought a lot about it. I thought, well, am I filled with anxiety the way he sees me? And I thought, well, I, I do feel really tense and I do feel really, you know, upset about things. Anyway, identifying our own issues can be one of the hardest things to do. Usually it's way easier to see and form opinions about what's going on with other people. We just can't view ourselves in the same way. And I think our ego is constantly trying to protect us. And sometimes, even though our subconscious mind believes it's protecting us, the truth is that well, it's actually not protecting us. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's actually preventing us from moving forward, from doing the things that we really actually want to do, from achieving things that will make us feel fulfilled. Well, thinking back to some of my past clients, and I'll only talk in general terms unless they have specifically given me a thumbs up to share details. I'm very, very strict about confidentiality when I uh, work with clients. Anyway, when I look back, practically every one of my clients ha has had some kind of problem with anxiety. I think it's, it's the human condition, really. I remember a client who felt like everything at work was just great, was awesome. She was a natural at tackling projects, coordinating teams, working with her staff toward goals. Her problems came in her personal life. Her problems came with her children, uh, her exes, her current partner, these kinds of things. That, 
that part of her life was a constant turmoil. And through hypnosis, we came across some events that had happened during her childhood that were actually pretty traumatic, but she had tucked them away deep somewhere in her memory and her conscious mind just had no idea that these things had happened. But they were there in her subconscious mind and I was able to help her pull those out. And after some sessions on letting go and forgiveness and and delving into issues in a comfortable and meaningful way for her, she said she, she just felt, I'm trying to remember the word she used, she said she felt lighter. She said she felt like her problems with her kids were like a helium balloon. Before, before those sessions with me, she said she had no idea how to let go of that balloon. And I talked to her about a month ago and she said her relationships with her exes had settled down. Her kids were so much more content and things just seemed to be so much better. They were doing online schooling from home. She said it was actually like a dark cloud had been lifted off her life. And she said it felt like that dark cloud had been following her for over a decade. And that can be absolutely, what's the word? It can just bring you down. It truly can. Anyway, a lot of times we do feel anxiety and our brain searches for a remedy. A lot of people, I think, I think just need to talk to someone about this. Maybe a friend or talk to sometimes a relative, somebody that you really truly trust. Some of us have somebody like that. Some of us don't. But some people look for a social way to solve this. Social is their remedy. And I think more women than men move in this direction. After teaching in schools for more than 20 years, I've I've certainly uh, worked with a lot of women. And a lot of them, a lot of the ones that I've met have been very quick to form social circles and they socialize way more than a lot of the men I've known. And I think that's true for me too. Now there was a time, I, I, I uh, remember this very vividly, there was a time when I was a kid that music was my remedy. I practiced the piano every day. I, I would practice it, but I would just play. Not to be practicing, sometimes just playing for the sake of playing. And I didn't know at the time it was relieving my tension and it was just making me, I probably knew it was making me feel better. Anyway, later it was the accordion. I practiced that and learned it and the saxophone. And that music seemed to do it for me. I absolutely loved creating music, performing music, entertaining people. I loved playing music when people were around me, not so much when I was by myself. So for me, that music turned into a career. I ended up up getting a music degree. I learned to play all the band instruments and became a music teacher. So fortunately, I found what I needed. I found what worked for me to help deal with that anxiety and to relieve the anxiety. And I, I, I found what really made me tick. Looking back, I think all that music just helped the anxiety in my life in a huge way. It helped, it helped me push that anxiety or 
maybe not push is the word, is just sort of let go of the anxiety, just like that image I, I mentioned about the helium balloon. Sometimes you're just hanging on so tight, you're looking at it, you're, you're feeling it, but you don't know how to let go. And then in an instant, you can simply release the muscles in your hand, in this case. You release that balloon and off it goes. And I think that's a great metaphor for anxiety. A lot of people turn to a substance of some kind to help deal with anxiety. And that might be food. That's certainly what my mother did. Tobacco, alcohol, it might be marijuana or other drugs. I know way back in those days, my mom would go to the doctor and she'd say, oh, I have to go. I have to go and get some nerve pills. I have to go get some more nerve pills. The doctor said these nerve pills will be better. And I don't know what nerve pills she had, but, but the, uh, the pills, the drugs helped her. At least she felt they did anyway. I'm not convinced that it was a good thing overall because I think maybe it just numbed the emotion. As a matter of fact, I really know it did. It just numbed the emotion and then she didn't deal with it. But maybe she didn't have a way of dealing with it. I mean, I understand that. Maybe that was the best thing. Unfortunately, a lot of this substance, a lot of the substance solutions that people choose, well, sometimes they're not the best solution. Sometimes they only work for a while. But a lot of times there are negative aspects to them. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. So I'm not getting into a lot about substances here. But my inner bully that was certainly present in those days, and, and I mean, it still is. It's not that it's vanished, but my inner bully that wanted to keep reminding me of things like, oh, you're not good enough, or you're not smart enough, or whatever it was, I just kept pushing it into the back seat. And when I say pushing again, I'm not sure that's the best word because... It's more like letting it go. It's more like just focusing on something else and just letting it go. But I didn't, I wasn't doing it consciously, I don't think. I just kept focusing on what I loved, on the music, my students, the concerts, the plays, the musical skits that I wrote, all of those fun things I was doing. I was also a church music director and I loved doing that too. Anyway, Maybe this is a clue for you here. Find something you love and focus on. Make it a part of your life if you can. If it's something that can also be your career, like it's been for me, that can be a positive way to go about it as well. And But just sometimes people have the hardest time thinking, well, what is it? What is it that I truly love? And you can... Just shut your eyes and go back to childhood. Just think about what you loved when you were seven years old. What did you love to do? What did you enjoy so much? Take a deep breath and go there. You can also do some journaling. You can also, you know, there's a number of ways. Take a walk in nature. You know, there's a number of ways that if you just let yourself go, then it'll come to you. Hey, you know what? I think I would really love 
painting. Maybe it's a creative thing. Maybe it isn't so much of a creative thing. Maybe it's something different for you. Could be anything. Anyway, just let it come to you. And have you ever noticed that once you get really into doing something that you you love, maybe it's gardening, and you're just so into it, and the time just goes by and you don't even notice it and you forget all your troubles and well that means you're in you're in the flow you're in the flow and that's probably an activity that you should take a second look at if you don't remember anything from today's episode i hope you remember the four steps to learning how to erase your anxiety and like i said the first step is notice and identify so you can notice that, that anxiety by, well, like I said, quiet time or meditation. And I'm sure you know, if you've ever listened to me before, you know I truly believe in meditation. Just taking the time to meditate, to breathe. It doesn't even have to be that long. It could be a five-minute break, a five-minute meditation. Use a guided meditation. If you've never meditated before, I strongly suggest you go to a, an app and you use Insight Timer or you use the Calm app, one of those apps for meditating, and just allow it to help you go through some, you know, if you want to, go through a little tutorial because some of those apps will have tutorials on them. Certainly, certainly uh, Calm, C-A-L-M, will. It will have that. So, so just allow yourself to not fight it, to just think, oh yeah, I'm just going to do this. And spend quiet time in nature. Or, you know, maybe for you it's swimming or running or doing some other physical activity. And if you allow yourself to do some of these kinds of things and you're also thinking about a little bit about the anxiety in your life and maybe why it's there, then it'll probably pop into your mind. Hey, this is, this is what this anxiety looks like. You'll notice it and identify it. So that's step one. And step two is consider what to change. Make some conscious choices of what you can do. Maybe do Wim Hof. That's helped thousands of people with anxiety and depression as well. And Wim Hof, W-I-M space H-O-F, that's his name. Wim Hof, if you haven't heard of him before. And Wim Hof is all about taking cold showers or... Well, there's, there's a lot to it because there's Wim Hof breathing and there's... Ice immersion, immersion, you know, becoming immersed, immersed in ice cold water. But you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Don't feel like you have to push yourself into a place you're not comfortable with. But I just personally really have embraced Wim Hof and I find that it's really a positive experience. It, like I said, it's helped thousands of people with anxiety and depression. But how about starting a new hobby or a project? Something that you'd really enjoy doing. Maybe you should entertain the idea of changing jobs or moving to a different home 
open up your mind and some ideas will come to you while you're doing some of these activities I am I mentioned in point one. You know, like walking in nature, or meditating. Some of these ideas will come to you as to what maybe would be a good change for you to make in your life. And step three is take action. I think this is the most important of the four steps. The reason I say this is because so many people, me included at times, we read books, we talk to friends, we think about this, about solutions to our problems, we try to figure things out, and then we're so close to success and we don't take that step where you actually have to take action. It's usually fear that's holding us back. And you know what they say about fear. Forget everything and run or face everything and rise. Those two acronyms are from Zig Ziglar. And sometimes you do have to forget everything and run. Other times, face everything and rise is a way better way to deal, deal with fear. And I think in this case, that's what you need to do. Take my advice. Face everything and rise. You'll rise up and you'll begin to meet your goals if you're willing to push through and take action. And you'll notice that your level of anxiety in your life will be much less. And that you will realize that you've learned to erase anxiety if you wish to do that. And the last step is reevaluate. Reevaluate the whole situation as your action started to move you in the direction you're looking to go. If you journal, you'll be able to look back at your writing and see if this person that you're reading about is making sense. Or does it sound like this person is all over the place? Are his actions working? Are you noticing that the writer, and I mean you, <laughs> you're the writer, are you noticing that the writer is learning to identify anxiety and you're methodically deciding what to change and then taking action? Because that's what you need to do. The first coach I ever hired was so awesome. I can remember her very clearly. She was incredibly inspirational. She helped me deal head on with some of the anxiety I was experiencing. And here's what she said. She said, Bruce, create habits that work for you. Habits that'll help you feel empowered every day. So I started journaling daily. I started to become more consistent with meditation. I checked in with myself and I faced my inner bully head on. Now, now she didn't call it my inner bully. She talked about my self-talk. I think that's what she would refer to it as self-talk. I called it my inner bully because I wor I've worked in bullying prevention for so long. But it's the same thing. She said, listen to what that voice is saying. And when you need to, tell it to take a hike. I like to think I'm driving my car and my inner bully is trying to take over. And I have to tell him to stay in the back seat in no uncertain terms. Get back there. Give your inner bully a name. Get to know him or her. Take charge and, and tell him or her how things are going to be from now on. So this just popped into my mind as, as I think about anxiety. I had a client who was experiencing incredible tension and just so much stress. It was, it was terrible. And so I started 
working with this client and we we talked about the stress and anxiety that was going on and and what it was doing doing to him and and how it was affecting his life and we did we did a high road low road thing and that is I don't know if you've heard of high road low road it's something we do in hypnosis and it can make a huge difference. It's like, okay, think about this. If you stay on this same path, you know, you, you come into a fork in the road, you've got these two ways you can go and the left way, well, that's the easy way. You just stay on the same kind of path and you just do the same kinds of things and you don't, you don't put much effort into it. You don't really face your, your fears or your challenges. You just kind of go along, go along, same, same, same. And you're not really moving toward your goals. You're just you're just surviving. Or you can take that right direction, the right choice. And you yes, you have to face your fears. Yes, you have to do some stuff that's really challenging. You have to have courage. You have to be willing to jump into situations that sometimes aren't that comfortable. And then a year later, you look back from taking the high road and and how do you feel? What does it look like? Or you look back from the low road. How does it feel and what does it look like now? And then five years later, you've been doing this same old, same old stuff for years. And you've not been willing to move forward and take the challenges and face your fears. How do you now feel? Do you feel discouraged and depressed and do you feel as though you just didn't bother to do what needed to be done? But then jumping over to the high road, how do you feel after five years of facing your challenges, of doing the things that you truly love, of moving forward? Yeah, there were times when it was difficult. There were times when you had to really grasp those, um, you know, challenges you had to just really dig in and really go for it and and do whatever you had to do but you did it and now how do you feel wow do you feel empowered do you feel accomplished well you can do it you can deal with your anxiety you might need help i'm not saying that you necessarily can do this all yourself and don't you know don't think you have to because i believe that's why that's why we're human is because we're here on this planet with a lot of other people and I think that we need to support each other and help each other and do what we can to make our lives as good as possible by helping and supporting each other. So you know, I hope this episode has given you some food for thought and helped you feel upbeat and positive about the fact that you can do it. If you've got a lot of anxiety in your life, it doesn't have to be this way all the time. You don't have to feel like as moving forward, it's going to always be like this. Do some of the things I said here, or get some help, or both. A combination of all these things, and... You know, my experience, as you know, if you've been listening to this show for a while, is that hypnosis can make such a difference. It can really help you. And if you want to uh, set up a, 
a half hour session with me, I, I have an opening or two that I can, I can get you in. It's usually five sessions. I think that the price is very reasonable. I'll give you the best price I possibly can. So just send me an email, bruce at mindfulnessmode.com and uh, put I believe in me in the subject line because that's how I want you to start feeling about yourself, believing about yourself. I believe in me. You can do it. I believe in you. I believe that you can erase anxiety in your life. You can do it. But don't forget, if you need help, reach out to another coach or reach out to me or, you know, just allow yourself to do what needs to be done. Don't go on day after day, week after week, month after month, putting it off, letting that inner bully be in charge. That's not what I recommend. You can do it. Believe in you. So thanks so much for listening today. And I hope you've got a little time for you. You can sit down and have a a tea or a drink or whatever you want to have. Just sit down, put your feet up, relax, be with someone or be by yourself. And just take these words and I hope they've been a help for you today. So all the best to you. Bye now. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for listening. Thanks for rating and reviewing the podcast. If you have done that, I appreciate it. Just go to Apple Podcasts. And if you can uh, consider giving me a, a review on there, rating and review, that would be awesome. That really helps. And, you know, it's, it's just great having you here as a listener. I appreciate you so much. So take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.